Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And today we're going to continue on with uh, the drawing of the three. We're actually going to start the book proper. Um, uh, with chapter the, one. The Prisoner. Chapter one of The Prisoner. Um, the Door. Mm. Right? Exactly. We have the same book. Right. Yeah. yeah, well, there's yeah no, at this, at this no point, discrepancies. It's all, exactly. Yeah. At this point, there's no differences between uh, the the Kindle version and the originally published hardcover or whatever version we happen to be working with. So right. at this point, I'm just using the the Kindle version that I've got uh, up on my computer display. Cool. So um, <laughs> section one basically starts with a flashback dream. Pretty much. It's true. It's sort of like a combination of the two different prophecies that Roland received about the prisoner thus far. He yeah. has he has at the beginning when he was talking to the Oracle where she says, well, I'll just I'll just go for it. Go for it, Kev. Three. This is the number of your fate. Three. Yes. Three is mystic. Three stands at the heart of your of the mantra. Which three? The first is dark-haired. He stands at the brink of robbery and murder. The de- a demon has infested him. The name of the demon is heroin. Which demon is that? I know it not, not even from nursery stories. He tried to speak, but his voice was gone. The voice of the oracle, star slut, whore of the winds, both were gone. He saw a card fluttering down from nowhere to nowhere, turning and turning in the lazy dark. On it, a baboon grinned from over the shoulder of a young man with dark hair. Its disturbingly human fingers were buried so deep in the young man's neck that their tips had disappeared in flesh. Looking more closely, the gunslinger saw the baboon held a whip in one of those clutching, strangling hands. The face of the ridden man seemed to writhe in wordless terror. The prisoner, the man in black, who had once been a man the gunslinger had trusted, a man named Walter, whispered chummily, A trifle upsetting, isn't he? A trifle upsetting. A trifle upsetting. A trifle. A trifle, a trifle, a trifle, a trifle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like you ever be in one of those dreams where you're like, what is going on? And then it just all fades out at the end. Mm. Um, oh, okay, so uh, obviously we're going back to the Oracle on the Mountain real quick. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember that it was like the three. So um, it was also the name of the demon is heroin. Mm-hmm. All caps. All exactly. caps. So, so we've combined. Something's going to happen. Exactly. We've combined <laughs> sort of the the audio and the visual of those two prophecies that he's gotten. Basically, the Oracle sort of t- giving him a little bit more information about, you know, <clears throat> the prisoner has this uh, demon infesting him called heroin that Roland has never heard of. And the uh, the man in black tells him, that, uh, shows him this card of a horrifying baboon with a whip that's on his back. So as we've already established, the... The, the first of the three to be drawn uh, has a monkey on his back. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> monkey on his back. It was like baboon. Monkey on back. Back, back, back. So they were all dark haired, though, in this memory. So it's not Jake that they're talking about. Correct, yes. It's someone else that I guess we haven't met yet, or is it Roland himself? I don't know. We'll see. Roland has dark hair. True. I, I guess. think as, as, far as, does... as far as the tarot cards go, I think Jake was the sailor. Okay. So so 
We haven't met this person yet, then. We have not. This is the first the first of our drawing of the three, I guess. That's what I'm assuming. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Whew. And then, and then we also get uh, back to the, the man in black. Is His name is Walter. Someone exactly. That the, that the gunslinger trusted. And mm. that's why he's was so upset about it. Precisely. It's yeah, trifle I feel upsetting. Like, it's trifle yeah. upsetting. Uh, aside from the aside from the whole incident on the beach with the lobstrosities, I feel like so far the book has been a lot of sort of recap of the gunslinger so far. And very much kind of Stephen King is very worried about people who just happen to pick this book up first instead of the gunslinger. So it's like uh, <laughs> okay. in, in uh, old... Uh, what is it? Marvel comics where uh, there used to be a little bubble that would say like, you know, for more information on this, check out, you know, the flash issue number 22. No, not that's not Marvel. That's DC. Yeah. What am I talking about? Spider-Man, number, <laughs> the amazing Spider-Man number 587 or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, or it's like going into like a Wikipedia article and there's like a link to be like, Oh, it, you know, click this link to uh, figure out what happened last time, you know? Or <laughs> For the more, you know, modern day uh, listener, yes. Uh, I, I always have my <laughs> head about like 30 or 40 years ago. <laughs> Same here. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, oh, so he was having this dream. Uh, so before we move on, um, the baboon, he had his fingers tucked into the flesh of this person, like the monkey on his back with a whip. So whoever this person is that with the dark hair, um, they're dealing with a lot of uh, baggage. I feel like, I don't know. Sounds is that about right? right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Mm. All right. So uh, into section two, the gunslinger snapped awake, waving at something with his mutilated hand. Sure that in a moment that one of the monstrosities shelled things from the western sea would drop on him, desperately inquiring in its foreign tongue as it pulled his face off his skull. <laughs> Instead, a seabird, <laughs> attracted by the glitter of the morning sun on the bottom of his shirt, wheeled away with a frightened squawk. Roland sat up. I don't want to read everything. Sure. Um, uh, I, I actually uh, th- that was one of the words that uh, you know got caught in my mind glister because I was like did they mean glisten but no glister is a, a real word uh, sparkle or uh, glitter good yeah. work mm. okay I, I was thinking the same thing I, I was thinking glisten I was like mm. hey, is that a typo but glister is like a glister in the sun <laughs> <laughs> true that would make much more sense what is what does a blister in the sun even mean is that like a sunspot uh, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, what, what band is that? I should know this. That is uh, that's, the Violent uh, Femmes. Violet Femmes? Violent Femmes. Yeah, yeah, Violent Femmes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sometimes my brain doesn't work as fast as yours does. So That's why we're here for each other, brother. We're better together, as I always say. So, uh, the big thing that happens in the next part is um, the phantom pain that he's feeling. Exactly. Um, yeah. From, from his missing fingers and missing toes, he's like, "Go away, go away, pain. You're a ghost now. Go away." <sighs> they were Man, ghosts, must... all right, but lively ghosts. <laughs> I, I've never lost an appendage, thankfully. Me mm. um, but people who have, I've heard that this uh, phantom pain is is a thing. Like mm. w- whether it's there or not, it, like it, it still feels like it's there, and that must be so disheartening. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 
So, um, something I noticed also um, was... Ooh, before we before we go too far, uh, we forgot about the, the trivia. Oh, my gosh. I always forget about the trivia. Nicholas, you're the worst. <laughs> you're not the worst. We're just forgetful. It's not a clear character flaw. All right. It's time for the Stephen King trivia. Dun, da, da, da. So, we're going to continue moving on with the Stephen King trivia. And... Um, so this book came out August 30th, 1979. Mm. Um, any any idea what that is? Ooh. I think it's the next one after The Stand. Did The Stand. Or, no, no. The, and then we did the, the, the Long Walk. I think this is after The Long, long walk. walk. Yeah. Um, let's see. It, it, is it it's a Stephen, Stephen King one. Thank you. It okay. is a Stephen King. Not a, not a Richard Bachman. Correct. Okay. So... We're starting to get into more of the books that I might not have read, because I think I only definitely read his first, like, five or six. So yeah, no, that's fair, because I haven't read any of them, really. Yeah, I read, I'm reading this one, The Dark Tower, and I've read The Stand. That's pretty much it. And, like, the, the only ones I know are, like, from the movies and stuff. And I don't know if they made a movie of this. I should Ooh, good clue. Research okay, that. so we're not sure if there's a movie. Uh... Let's see. I'm going to say... Mm, it's okay know. if you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's okay if you don't know something, Kevin. That's, true, that's true. Why quite all right. I always have this pressure on myself. I'm supposed to be the expert. <laughs> uh, it's called The Dead Zone. The Dead Zone, damn it. The, ah. the Dead Zone, yeah. Uh, and uh, it, sound, it sounds really interesting. So there is... Go not ahead. only Not only is there a movie, but there is also a TV show as well. Oh, okay. So I'm way off. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> true. The movie so, starred uh, um, Christopher Walken. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You see, this is how much how little I know of Stephen King. Um, yeah, the I'm TV worse. show was um, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> oh, really? True. Okay. But it was like well, you know. Okay. So do you know the name of that main character? Oh God. Uh, I want to say Johnny. Uh, it's something weird. Oh, yes. Is, is it Johnny? Johnny yes. and yeah. And the most basic last name you could think of. Tell me Smith. Johnny Smith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King was not trying hard with this one. He was just like, let's just, let's just type bang it out and get something off to the publisher as soon as possible. <laughs> but the cool thing about this is, um, it, it takes place in a town that keeps coming up in Stephen King movies and, you know, books and stuff. Do you know? Oh, it's got to be Castle Rock. It's Castle Rock. Yeah, it's the first appearance of Castle Rock in Stephen oh, really? King uh, chrono- chronology. Oh, that's that's that what it said here. That was the first here. one. Huh. I thought it was yeah. earlier. Uh, it, it says the first story by King to feature the fictional town of Castle Rock. Nice. Oh, yeah. They, he always keeps going back to Castle Rock. Uh, <clears throat> Stand By Me. Uh, what else is Castle Rock? Um, my brain just went blank. Um, but it happens a ton. Uh, Needful was, Things. Was it? No, okay. it, it is Derry. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, Castle oh, Rock there yeah, it keeps is. popping up. I, I see it now. The book spawned a 1983 film adaptation as well as t- television series. Okay, True. here we go. Yeah, what year was the TV I, show? I feel like that was like FX or something. Let's see. The TV show was... It first aired in 2002. Ah, nice. Oh, that is Anthony Michael Hall. All yeah. right, yeah. True, yeah. Huh. 
the the more butcher Anthony Michael Hall and not quite the the nerdy eighties Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Who who kisses his essay? Mm. That's one of my favorite parts of the Breakfast Club. Is like the, the the two other ones are making out, and Anthony Michael Hall kisses his essay that he's so <laughs> proud of. It's he like, was yes, a writer. <laughs> it's true. We might not get the girl, but at least we get uh, our artistic fulfillment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's arguable which is more important, honestly. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, do you think any either of those couples are going to stay together after the uh, events of the Breakfast Club? Not at all. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. Molly Ringwald and uh, Judd Nelson. Mm. Possibly. They both have their... I mean, he's kind of a jerk, though, so I don't know. I think it's I less like I, I think that one's more likely than um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, not Emilio Estevez and uh, Ali Sheedy. Yeah, I feel like Emilio Estevez out? is much more of sort of like a, a pushover, and I feel like He's a in jock. order for him, yeah, in order for him to hold on to her, I feel like he would have to stand up to his friends, and I feel like Emilio Estevez doesn't have it in him. Yeah, well, Al- not Emilio Estevez, but the, true, character, the character in the that movie. He portrays, yeah. <laughs> True. It's right, been a while. Right, right. And it's been a while since I've seen uh, Breakfast Club. Oh, it's a good one. It we is. were actually um, Liz uses the one scene a lot for talking about power struggles and teaching, mm. and um, where where he's like, "Say one more word, and that's another detention." Go ahead, give me another one. Whatever, I don't care. And like, it, it's really powerful for um teaching like power struggles are no good for teachers like because once you get in once you get in one you've already lost (laughs) Mm, exactly you know it's like okay i'm gonna move on you know Mm. (laughs) anyway Anyway. uh, speaking of power struggles uh roland is struggling with uh his fingers his loss of fingers yes indeed you know even some of that jerky uh, yeah. It, yet things needed to be done, mm. you know, and, and he's always very pragmatic. Our friend Roland. Exactly. And he was like, I, I, I need to see about my guns. I need to get to this. And oh, my gosh, something that he's been working on his whole life is now different because he has he's missing his right fingers, you know? Exactly. It's missing his, the, the first two fingers on his uh, right hand. So immediately mm-hmm. he's going to be. Uh, handicapped by that and uh, so I mean it's it's definitely sort of setting up Roland to have much more struggles in this book uh, than he did in the previous one I would say Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah before that he he also just stared at the ocean for a while and Kevin we grew up on the east coast you know we saw the atlantic ocean we went to went to the shore on day trips when we were little before we started going to north carolina almost every year so the the shore is certainly not uh it's it's more of just sort of an annoyance i feel like than it is any kind of the joy of someone who's never seen it before because for us in our pale (laughs) complexion we're not really beach people but we've 
all, we've all sort of uh, gotten together with people who love going to the beach. So it's just a, an interesting thing about us. Uh, but yes, the, for <laughs> someone who's seeing the, the beach and the ocean for the first time, it's this overwhelming thing that he sees. Uh, hang on. This, the sea was enormous, meeting the horizon at a misty blue point that was impossible to determine. For a long moment, the gunslinger forgot his agony in its contemplation. He had never seen such a body of water, had heard of it in children's stories, of course, had even been assured by his teachers, some at least, that it, it existed. Uh, but to actually see it, this immensity, this amazement of water after years of arid land was difficult to accept, difficult to even see. Uh, he looked at it. And that's uh, wild. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. No. He looked at it for a long time, enwrapped, making himself see it, temporarily forgetting his pain in wonder. So, yeah, that's just I feel like Stephen King is definitely kind of sort of slowing things down a little bit just to show us the way that I guess just step by step all of the things that Roland is like seeing and feeling and doing so that we can get an idea of just sort of the pace of how he's going to have to progress moving forward, because like uh, uh, for maybe like a lesser writer, you would think like, Oh my God, I've got to do things really quick. I have to, it has to be plot, 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 plot. But Stephen King is much more like, no, 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 take a, take a, take a second. I mean, we did just start this book with a bang of just him getting his fingers and a toe bitten off. But now like after this traumatic event, after you have to take a second and kind of relax and then you have to move forward so i like that he's sort of taken a second to give him this moment of just awe and amazement at Mm -hmm. seeing the ocean oh absolutely i I love it too and that's exactly what i thought um i was thinking of the word triage Mm, Uh, that's what i feel like this section is it's like oh god something terrible has happened and now i need to like take a minute and figure out where I am and what to do next. Exactly. You know? Like, I think that's the whole like, um, crux of this, uh, section we're reading today. Precisely. Uh, by the way, I just, I just looked up, um, <laughs> the sizes of the oceans in like a pie graph. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. The Pacific uh, <laughs> dwarfs all the others. The Pacific is, uh, it, it just by area, not volume area. So like, you know, um, not depth, of the but just, you know, area, the, I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the Pacific ocean takes up almost 50% of the graph here. Wow. Um, <laughs> and this is just of the oceans, like the amount of, um, so it's like 40, 46%. And the Atlantic is only 23%. Indians hmm. only 19%. Southern, which is an ocean hmm. guys. <laughs> is six uh, percent and Arctic is four percent or so. And I, I, I don't know if those add up because there was decimals, but anyway, of course, yeah. Sorry. So wait, I'm Pacific, Atlantic, Southern, Indian, and Arctic. Yeah. So, so there's, there's mm-hmm. one, two, three, five oceans. Not there. You go. The Southern Ocean is down by the Antarctic. Um. Anyway, point is, is the Pacific Ocean, which is what he's talking about here, the the Western Ocean. Mm is so much bigger than all the rest. And that's where a lot of plastic is stored, unfortunately. Yes, indeed. As well as all the other oceans. Oh, boy. It's, uh, anyway, I'm going to get off my science soapbox. And- hey, no harm in uh, a little bit of a, a reminder <laughs> to cut back on our disposable plastic usage. Exactly. <laughs> um, do 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 
but it was morning, and there were still things to be done. Mm. He felt for the jawbone in his back pocket with the palm of his right hand, not wanting the stumps of his fingers to encounter it if it was still there. Changing that hand's ceaseless sobbing to screams. Indeed. So we got the jawbone back. All right. Mm. Next. I, I, I like that little, like skipping of uh lines there exactly why is the jawbone so important so first of all it's it's the man in black's jawbone yes exactly yeah yeah he pulled yeah he pulled this jawbone from the skeleton that he found uh by the side of the fire when he woke up 10 years older and uh i guess he picked up this one to replace the one that he had originally thrown away so uh Mm. just another another thing to keep track of is where the jawbone is so yes. Well, and, and that was the first thing he checked for before his guns. Exactly. So yeah, that so, is big. Very true. Yeah. In in terms of the triage that you were talking about earlier, the the importance of things, it, it seems uh, important to me that the first thing that Roland thinks about is this sort of magical talisman that he goes for first. So that once he goes from from there, then he goes to the guns. Yeah. And then. And I think, let's see. No, 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 wait. He bandaged up his fingers at the end of the prologue, I think. So at the very least, he's not bleeding out. I forgot to mention, we now have a bear midriff Roland walking around. (laughs) Roland (laughs) in the crowd top. Ripping up. (laughs) Going back to, you know, uh, the Breakfast Club in the 80s. (laughs) Exactly. Crop top was the style at the time. (laughs) (laughs) It also reminds me of, you know, Padme and... True, uh, yeah. Tears off attack the... Attack of the clones. Precisely, <laughs> yeah. Just got to tear off the, the bottom of her shirt when she's fighting a giant monster of some kind mm-hmm. in the, the arena. I think that's when uh, she tears it I off, or is it later? It's called the Nexu. Yeah, Nexu? the Nexu Ooh, got her. Which one is that? Yeah. Is that the one that looks more like an arthropod, uh, or was she fighting more of a mammalian uh, one? It's the one that looks like a cat. Looks like a cat. It looks like a, like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, let's talk for another podcast but um so he clumsily unbuckled his gun belts and laid them on a a sunny rock he removed the guns swung the chambers out and removed the useless shells he threw them away a bird's soul on the bright gleam tossed back by one of them picked it up in its beak then dropped it and flew away um i don't want to read all of this so basically the the whole point is um he's dealing with the wetness in his guns exactly he's he's sorting rid of root yeah, sorting them mm-hmm. by like what, whichever ones were the most wet versus the least wet, and it seems like basically from the way he's describing it, the he was lying on the beach, and the ones that were on his back were sort of protected by his body, and they were being sort of like uh, the, uh, the driest ones were sort of like under his body, and then the wettest ones were the ones towards the front. So mm-hmm. I guess the the waves um, must have been almost washing entirely over him. Yeah, he pretty much got woken up by the waves washing over him in the in the beginning of the last section, right. um, and that's when he was got so upset he was like, "Oh no, the shells! If they're wet, I can't use them." Yep. Um, and he again he says here, "I see serious problems ahead." Serious <laughs> problems ahead. Yeah, that that could be the the title of this episode is uh, because yeah. well, it's... that's I thought that was the title of the last episode. Oh, maybe oh, okay. <laughs> I think the title of this one should be just triage and triage, figuring yeah, it out. That's a good point. Triage <laughs> is better. Um, so, 
Um, he pretty much, oh, this is what he said that I liked. Um, well, you weren't heavy loaded. Sorry. Well, you weren't heavy loaded anyway, he thought, but he recognized the difference between 57 live rounds and what might be 20 or 10 or five or one or none. Like he's feeling very desperate at this moment. It's like, I might not have any ammunition and these guns might not work. Oh my gosh. What am I going to do? Exactly, because I mean, um, even if uh, the gun, the shells that seem dry, like the sand is going to absorb some of the the water. So even if his body was completely covering it, there's a chance that absolutely none of these shells will fire. So he is in uh, rough shape. It's not looking good for our boy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but he's he's still at his purse. Mm-hmm. That was one thing. He put it in his lap. And then slowly disassembled his guns and performed the ritual of cleaning. By the time he was finished, two hours had passed and his pain was so intense, his head reeled with it. Conscious thought had become difficult. He wanted to sleep. He had never wanted that more in his life. But in the service of duty, there were never any acceptable reason for denial. I had to read that sentence twice because then he says, court. And he said this out loud. Court, he said in a voice that he couldn't recognize and laughed dryly. Mm. So <laughs> the reason why I, I and this is also on a page turn for me. Okay. So yeah. I had to like keep turning back. I'm like, wait, why did he why did he say court? You know? Yeah. But, <laughs> but it must actually, have been something that Court said to him. I think so. Yeah. That that feels like a, a quote. And I underlined that, that sentence specifically. But in the service of duty, there was never any acceptable reason for denial. So basically, it's him saying that, uh, like, based, the, the theme of this whole chapter, triage, is him saying that, like, you, you might want to sleep and your body needs to sleep, but... The like that urge just to fall asleep and hope that things will be better later on uh, for a gunslinger. It, that, that's a unacceptable response whatsoever. Yeah. It also reminds me of uh, uh, Robert Frost a little bit. I could see and, that. And Which miles one? to go. Miles to go before miles I sleep. Miles to go before mm. I sleep. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> and promises to keep to his guns. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I, I would love to sleep, but I have things to do first, you know? Um, so I loved the just the phrase, the ritual of cleaning, because I feel like it just establishes that the gunslingers not only see themselves as a peacekeeping force, but also a semi-religious one, that they, and they consider their, their guns to be sort of a... Almost like like the way that a priest has like their their staff and chasuble and whatnot and uh, all of their their vestments that the the fact that it's like the ritual of cleaning it becomes almost that he has yeah. this reverence for his guns in a way. So totally, yeah, I definitely uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I I completely felt that it's like oh my gosh, these are my weapons and I need to like it, or it's like a, a knight um, uh, sharpening his swords and stuff and like exactly. making sure that everything is like all ready to go got a whetstone and got some like oils and mm-hmm. whatnot to keep it sharp and keep it from rusting and all that stuff yeah and it's the, the exact same thing with guns and like as mm-hmm. I, uh when i was reading this, this for the first time i i was just thinking about like like I had always just sort of thought of guns as just a thing that you pick up, you fire, you shoot, and you don't worry about it. But where when it comes to 
like non-automatic weapons like uh, revolvers that uh, Roland is using, uh, there's a lot more of like you have to take each individual piece apart. You have to unscrew it. You have to uh, oil it. You have to you know sharpen all of the individual edges and make sure that yeah. you know all of the different pieces do, uh, aren't causing it to backfire or misfire. And make sh- the, the, there's just so so much involved with all of the. Uh, cleaning and servicing yeah, the weapons it's a, and whatnot. It's, it's an incredible work of machinery that Seriously. like a gun was even created at all. Mm. You know, because I mean, first of all, uh, weapons in general, like swords and spears and things like that. Yeah, that was pretty incredible to take metal and you know uh, put it in a kiln and, and and sharpen it down and pound it out. But to make it into something that could actually fire gunpowder is. A whole other thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, where where was the gun first created? Like rifles. I want to say stuff. China because I know they first. That's created, what I was. That's uh, what I was thinking too. Fireworks and stuff, and gunpowder in general. So that's why I was. I was thinking China also. True. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Our old I didn't friend. look this up. I should have. <laughs> let's see the so gunpowder was invented in China during the ninth century. The first firearm was the fire lance, which appeared in China between the 10th and 12th century. Uh, mm-hmm. So the transition to true guns, let's see, the proportion of saltpetered in the propellant was increased to maximize of its explosive powder uh, to better withstand, yada, yada, yada. Um, the paper and bamboo of which fire lance barrels were originally made came to be replaced with metal. And... Da, 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 da. Fire lance barrels uh, made of metal first appeared 1276. Uh, the da, 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 da. okay, so earlier in 1259. By, by, by the way, but before you go, saltpeter. That was a new word for me when I asked a question um, at trivia about fireworks. I was like, oh, mm. what uh, chemical is you know black powder made of, like gunpowder? And uh, the answer I was going for was not saltpeter. And that's when I learned it. I was like, huh? The answer I was going for was potassium nitrate. Um, ah. But saltpeter is like the the common name for it, you know? Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Sort of like how there's a billion different words for parts of a horse, like very old timey definitions of things. Yeah. Saltpeter has a very old timey kind <laughs> of uh, uh, word association with it. Yeah. So but, uh, let's see, guns such nitrate. as the hand anyway. cannon, yeah, guns hand such as the cannon. hand cannon were being used oh in my gosh. Yeah, the Yuan <laughs> Dynasty in tw- the 1280s. So definitely China appears to be the yeah, origin of the gun. China. Yeah. All right, we're both right. Way to go, us. Good. <laughs> but uh, the point is, it, it's it's a uh, it's a mechanical thing. You know, so it's Correct. it's like it's like, you know, having a train or a gun or a car, like all these things have multiple parts that we need to like disassemble and reassemble. Um, in fact, Absolutely. wasn't that uh, Henry Ford's uh, big thing was it, it was well, obviously it was assembling cars. But um, I think another thing that they did on assembly line was making uh, weapons and guns and Ooh. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, having all of the having all uh, parts be replaceable and interchangeable mm-hmm. and uh, standardized with uh, for whatever you know make or model it might be, it'll still use the same types of washers and gears and mm-hmm. cogs and 
whatever goes oh, into cars and guns. No. I, I'm not a mechanical guy. <laughs> uh, well, I am kind of, but not really. Like, I wish I was more. Um, but the thing that really got me thinking, going back to, um, you know, uh, drawing of the three, is um, what the heck year are we in? I still have no idea. <laughs> or, or are we even on Earth? We'll see. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Are we on Earth? Where are we? Oh, gosh. I'm so confused. The only hints we've gotten thus far are Roland knows the lyrics to Hey Jude. Uh, <laughs> Jake came in and he is clearly from New York uh, mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, in We're not sure exactly when. But it's, one could assume it's at some point before 1982-ish. Uh, and uh, let's see. Mm, that's about it, as far as I can remember. There's some nursery yeah, rhymes that are uh, the same, going both ways. Jake's the dad did, did cocaine, so I don't know. Jake's dad uh, did cocaine. He worked in a TV <laughs> station, so it was definitely yeah, at least yeah. past the 50s. Right. Uh, cocaine came more into prevalence in the 70s, so mm-hmm. likely 70s or 80s. Yeah. They, you know, doctors used to prescribe cocaine and heroin for various things. Like oh, way Sigmund back Freud, from. cocaine all the time. <laughs> oh, just do coke about it. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, all right. So do, do, do. He, he just wants to sleep. Um, so he just wants to sleep. Wait, should we go through him? No, no, we don't need to do that. Uh, I I did highlight this one part. Um, Go ahead. So, slowly, he reassembled his revolvers, uh, yada yada. Uh, When the job was done, he held the one made for his left hand, cocked it, and then he slowly lowered the hammer again. He wanted to know, yes, wanted to know if if there would be a satisfying report when he squeezed the trigger, or only another of those useless clicks. But a click would mean nothing, and a report would only reduce 20 to 19, or 9, or 3, or none. So well, that's, a, that, that's that feeling of, uh, uh, yeah. like, anxiety. You're like, I exactly. might have that nothing. that temptation of just, I want to know. I, wanna, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want, want it know, to work. But... I want it to be perfect, yeah. Like uh, like when you pick up a pair of tongs, you got to clack them together. When you pick up a gun, you got to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely click the tongs together every time. Um, As do I. You got to. <laughs> just making sure these work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Much like our lobstrosity, but anyway. Exactly. Got a chum? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ah, freaking lobster. I'm so upset about that still because, like, oh, now Roland has no fingers. But anyway. Well, was- he, he's got eight fingers. So at the very least, he's mostly okay. He's, he's got 80% fingers. <laughs> 90% toes. <laughs> he's, he's only mostly dead. He's fine. <laughs> True. One of his guns is just going to sit at his hip useless for a while. But, I mean, that's what the whole drawing of the three is about. Yeah. All right. So he... he tr- <laughs> and back to the midriff, uh, <laughs> he tore away another piece of his shirt. So, like, now he's exactly. even. <laughs> he's gone from belly shirt to a half shirt at this point. Yeah, he, he's got his abs just hanging out. I don't know. Are, 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 Correct. Do you Possibly think, ribs at this point. Yeah, he's very skinny, right? Yeah. He's yeah, been he, walking through the desert. He's been mm-hmm. letting his body kind of atrophy as he's been going without food or water. Yeah, he's a very emaciated man. Yeah, I think he's about to eat his last piece of jerky. Or did he just do that? Um, 
Wait, I, I like this one. He, he tottered to his feet and looked up and down the deserted strand. It was the color of an undergarment, which has gone a long time without washing. Littered with seashells, which had no color. Blah, blah, blah. A bunch of other things. I, I just like the undergarment, which has gone a long time without washing. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. That, very descriptive. Very oh, much and so. covered. Oh, no. Also, some, uh, uh, some alliteration. Here and there, large rocks protruded from the gross grain sand, and they were covered with guano. The older layers mm. of the yellow of ancient teeth, the fresher splotches white. Uh, but I like those G's. Yeah. I had to look up uh, what gross grain mean. Apparently, it is commonly referred to a heavy, stiff ribbon of nylon or silk weave uh, via taffeta using a heavy weft which results in distinct transverse ribs. So basically, it's just sort of got uh, ribs like a like a bag of ruffles, I guess. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like a dune or something, like the waves, Precisely, kind of yeah. sandy. So yeah, yeah. yeah, waves forming on the sand. Yeah, it makes sense. I got it. And then guano, of course, is uh, just shit. Basically, bat bat shit. Bat shit. Mm. Why would there be bats on the beach, though? That's what I was wondering. Oh my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I forget. There might not even be bats, but hey, who knows? There, does we've got is guano only bats, far. or does it just mean like, you know, feces of an animal? Huh, I always thought it was just bats, but let's look. I, was, I, I thought so, too, but why would there be bats on the, the beach unless there's oh. a cave? Well, go ahead. Uh, the technical definition, guano is the excrements of bats and seabirds. So oh, okay. the seagulls make sense. Yeah, We've the already seagulls. seen a seagull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's been plenty yeah. of seagulls. That, that's how he woke up this morning. <laughs> exactly. T- terrified he was getting his face peeled off, but no, it was just a seagull that was it's just attracted a seagull. to his... Yeah. Stephen King never t- uh, misses an opportunity to toss in a little bit of horrifying gore. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, I, I, I've grown to appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well write it out rather than do it, you know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, so how many killers could have just been saved if we just, like, gave them a pap- paper and pencil and said, instead of doing the themselves. thing you want to do, just write it out. Write it out. Mm. <laughs> but then sometimes that can go in the opposite direction, where you write it out so often and so descriptively that you have to act it out. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Mm. Mm. Stephen King never killed anybody. At least he hasn't. Yes, that we know but, of. But I feel like that's the that's the difference. Is that I feel like Stephen King, he always attributes the horrifying acts to the antagonist, whereas the protagonist is always trying to save other people's lives and kind of abhors this kind of violence unless it's necessary. So uh, wait, going back to Stephen King real quick and the Stephen King trivia, yes. uh, the Dead Zone. Do you know who Stephen King? Um, dedicated that to Ugh. um it's got to be somebody weird uh it's not his wife is it <laughs> no um uh, i'm just looking it up to make sure that i'm right about this because i was looking at it before la 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 la, la. not the film the freaking book i believe he dedicated it to his son owen Nice. Yeah, sorry. Just random. Yeah, there it is. It was dedicated okay. to King King's son, Owen. Hmm. 
Yeah, the the part of that book that always sticks out in my mind. Actually, wait before before I say this, uh, is this going to be one of those where the trivia for the Dead Zone goes on a couple of episodes, or is it one and done? Yeah, it's probably one and done. I, I, I think right. we're good. We're good with the premise there. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, the part that I always remember about the Dead Zone is at the beginning, uh, basically. Well, the premise is that uh, the guy, Johnny Smith, he gets this horrible accident and whenever he touches somebody, he can see a little bit of their future. So uh, he he shakes hands with a politician and finds out that he's going to, like, start World War Three or something. So uh, that's cool. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So and, and I'm pretty sure that's the premise of the TV show, too. So. Uh, except the TV show, it kind of goes on longer. It's not just focused on him versus this one politician. And there's a flashback to uh, earlier in this politician's life where he was like a traveling salesman. And there was this dog barking at him so much that he bought a steak, filled it with like crushed up pieces of glass and fed it to the dog and watched it like eat itself to death. So oh that's always the thing that I think about with the Dead Zone and Stephen King <laughs> attributing some horrifying uh gruesomeness to a villain to establish them as the the worst person ever (laughs) oh so uh i don't know Uh, you know what i'm gonna read this on my own but i was about to say is johnny smith the 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 protagonist or antagonist what's happening here i think he's the protagonist yeah okay well that's also what i like about stephen king is like the quote-unquote bad guy might not be bad per se i don't know and the quote-unquote good guy is always very uh uh, nuanced and has good things and bad things that they're doing and got a lot of struggle between uh deciding what the right thing to do is and the right way to do it so yeah Mm -hmm. sleep his body demanded Sleep. sleep you must sleep now before dark there's nothing left you're used up he tired his feet and looked up and down the deserted strand. It was the color... Oh, yeah, I already did this. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Moving back. Da, 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 da. forward. Yeah. Moving forward. The high tide line... Yes. Uh, wait. Oh, yeah. The high tide line was marked with drying kelp. He could see pieces of his right boot and water skins lying near that line. He thought it almost a miracle that the skins hadn't been washed out to sea by high surging waves. Walking slowly, limping exquisitely, the gunslinger made his way to where they were. He picked up one of them and shook it by his ear. The other was empty. This one still had a little water left in it. Most would not have been able to tell the difference between the two, but the gunslinger knew each just as well as a mother knows which of her identical twins is which. <laughs> I love that line. He had mm. been traveling with these water skins for so long, so for a long, long time. Water sloshed inside. This was good, a gift. Either the creature which had attacked him or any of the others could have torn this or the other open with one casual bite or slice of claw, but none had, and the tide had spared it. Of the creature itself, there was no sign, although the two of them had finished far above the tide line. Perhaps other predators had taken it. Perhaps its own kind had given it a burial at sea. As the elephants, giant creatures of whom he had heard in childhood stories, were reputed to bury their own dead. Okay, I have a lot to say there. You go okay. first, Giv. You go first. Uh, I, 
I, un- I underlined that part about elephants because it just reminded <laughs> me again of Tolkien and yeah, yeah, elephants. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the like, yeah. elephants. Yeah. Well, Sam used to talk about that, like, you know, well, they all did until they actually saw it. Oh my gosh, it's an elephant, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> these things just, we heard about. Yeah, yeah uh, we heard about in childhood stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just Sam being like, "They'll never believe this," and and uh, <laughs> I'm just I forget if Frodo says anything or just like uh, me personally being like, "You're in the middle of a war between all of the forces of the <laughs> world. Like this is the thing that is that nobody's going to believe." <laughs> <laughs> There's all the this crazy stuff going on, but look at that one thing that I heard about. <laughs> look oh at my that gosh! <laughs> <laughs> There's an eye that's all like peering around like a searchlight at the top of this tower but an elephant that's true that's beyond the pale (laughs) (laughs) so um kevin when was the first time you saw an elephant first time i saw an elephant in real life probably i'm gonna say bronx zoo when we went as kids same here totally i I don't know how old i was i was probably a small child but um elephants aren't meant to be in zoos just like Orcas aren't meant to be in SeaWorld, you know, like (laughs) these are animals that are built for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's one thing. Yeah. Oh, the poor polar bear. You just just see a little pool. Yeah. But like orangutans and stuff. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, you're not supposed to be here. Like, but we're keeping you alive here. So like, yeah, what's better? But anyway, true. (laughs) <laughs> exactly it's 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 always such a shame that like it basically most of uh humanity and it throughout most of human history it's just there's us and everything else is way down in a like a plateau below yeah. whereas meanwhile there's all these like topographical shifts of things that have more greater and lesser intelligence and autonomy that we should not like have this sort of like same exact uh like uh way that we treat every single animal uh and even just the word animal as opposed to uh humans is is such like a false dichotomy we're animals exactly we are (laughs) we're part of the ecosystem you know like we we, we, it's it's not a it's not a pyramid transcend it yeah Yeah, exactly Exactly. it's a web so like the the more that we try to uh, this is a topic for my environmental science class but it's like the more that we try to um live above uh nature the more it will take us down you know because we we need to be sustainable and realize that like we're all a part of this uh culture and unfortunately we're paying for the sins of our human past you know yeah our hubris yeah well anyway moving on um so he thinks of an (laughs) elephant yeah (laughs) Uh, oh, because they they buried them at sea. I, I got it. Because he, he hasn't mm-hmm. seen his lobstrosity yet. Exactly, lobster. Yeah, <laughs> lobster. But yes. So then he goes on. So it, it also it seems fascinating to me that the priority of Roland's mind is number one, uh, staunch your wounds. Number two, jawbone. Number three, sort out your shells. Uh, number four. Uh, do the ritual of his guns. Mm-hmm. And then then get the guns. above the tide line, I think, is the next one, right? 
Exactly. And then number five is make sure you have your you have water. So oh, what right. might yeah. be yeah, then what might be number one priority. Yeah. Six <laughs> it's is totally triage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. all my nerd nurse exactly. friends would appreciate this. It's like, what do we need to do first and then second and then third and then fourth? Like we'll figure this out. <laughs> exactly. So let's see. So he drank some water from the from his water skin. Uh, faintness stole over him. He fought. He fought it, but his knees unhinged, and he sat down, stupidly biting his tongue. You won't <laughs> fall unconscious, he told himself grimly. Not here. Not where another of those things can come back tonight and finish the job. So got back up to his feet and tied the empty skin around his waist. But he had only gone twenty yards back toward the place where he had left his guns and purse when he fell down again, half fainting. He lay there a while, one cheek pressed against the sand, the edge of a seashell biting against the edge of his jaw, almost deep enough to draw blood. He managed to drink from the water skin and crawled back to the place where he had awakened. There was a Joshua tree, 20 yards up the slope. It was stunted, but it would at least offer some shade. Hmm. So again, we're back to that Joshua tree that we mentioned uh, back in the Gunslinger. And Oh, wait, we mentioned the Joshua tree already? Yeah, just uh, I thought we had mentioned there. We we had some conversation about Joshua trees uh, earlier. I thought. Okay. Um, oh, dang! That was what I did. Like all my research on was Joshua trees. Oh no! <laughs> well, I mean, feel free to give us a refresher. What about Joshua trees? Um. Oh well, you don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, broad strokes. So, broad strokes. Uh. Yucca brevifolia? Have have I said that word yet? Not that I can remember. Yeah, that's the um, scientific name for the Joshua tree. That the yucca brevifolia. Um, it, it's it's really a, a yucca tree. It's not it's not even really a tree. Really? It's more of like a, a bush or like um, a chaparral. But the main thing is is that it's only found in like the Mojave Desert. So I think mm. we know where we are because it's the only place on earth <laughs> where this specific tree is found. Uh, do you know how it got its name? Did we talk about that? Uh, not that I can remember. Uh, so, um, so the Mormons saw this tree and it looks like it, it's sort of a palm tree, sort of. Um, uh, it's got a long um, stem with like green appendages Um coming out almost looking like a cactus but more like a yucca um Mm. but like a tall one um point is uh the mormons used to apparently use this to to make their way across the desert all right and um because that's where it's really only found is the mojave and uh they called it a joshua tree and now i'm going to go to scripture Apparently, in Spanish, it's called the Isote de Desierto, the Desert Dagger. Desert Dagger. Um, so, so this is in, what is the name of this book? Uh, it's the book of Joshua. There you go. Chapter 8, verse 18. And the Lord said unto Joshua, stretch out the spear that is thy hand toward I, for I will give it into thine hand. 
And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand towards the city. An ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. And they entered into the city and took it and hasted and set the city on fire. So um, the reason they were calling it Joshua, like the Joshua tree is like Joshua spread his spear and like the, because God was, well, it was also the thing with Moses too. Kevin, am I right about that? Yeah. Like as long as like Moses well, held held his arms up, like they were able to win or something. I don't know. It seems like that was Joshua, not Moses, from from this chapter that I'm also looking at here. Uh, yeah, it seems like the they might have condensed that story, uh, Joshua and Moses, because it was around the same time. Yeah. Well, the Mormons kind of used uh, political or uh, uh, artistic license with the Bible, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, I like Jesus this chapter. In America, sure. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say about the Joshua Tree, obviously, is, uh, well, not obviously, but U2. Did we talk about U2? We did, yes. <laughs> Joshua Tree. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the thing I found is uh, like the actual Joshua Tree from the album cover. Um, mm-hmm. it, it It's not there anymore. It, it got yeah. knocked down for whatever reasons. Um, and, and, and some jerk came and like took some of it. And there's like a plaque there that says like, this is where the Joshua Tree was. But the real sad thing I saw was there was a couple who tried to find it. And it's like in Death Valley, like the oh, God. hottest place. And this couple, I think they were an elderly couple. They died, like trying to find the Joshua Tree from U2. It's like, oh, come on, guys. Is that really worth it? And then Fastball <laughs> wrote the song The Way about them. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what that song's about. I think it might be. I don't know if it's about the, that specific <laughs> couple, but that is what the story of it is. Oh. is an elderly couple who goes out and uh, drives out into the desert and they were never seen again. Well, I guess that sounds about right then. Huh. Anyway. Where were they going without ever knowing the way? Without ever knowing the way. Well, uh, and they still haven't found what they were looking for. Is and there we go. <laughs> it all comes back full circle. <laughs> Okay, anyway, where are we at? Anyway, so yes, there was a Joshua tree. Uh, Joshua uh, tree, he wants some shade. And he, you aren't going to get much shade. shade from a Joshua tree. It's like... No, there are sp- no spindly. leaves to speak of. It's more just sort of spines that are coming out from the top. Well, it's very Dr. Seuss-like, if you look at it. It is, you know? yeah. It's got, yeah, like, the, it's got a the, trunk, and then it's got some little... The truffle uh, tree. Things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got uh, spikes that come out of the top, so it's definitely much more cactusy looking than proper trees. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. You at least get some shade. It's better than nothing. Oh yeah, maybe more palm tree than cactus. That's true. As I'm looking yeah. closer at this. These it, it's very, very similar. I, I think um, um, indigenous tribes there use the leaves for like baskets and stuff like that. It was I kind of that. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess and, uh, some shade, some shade is better than none. So he's going to get a little bit of shade out of it, I guess. But that, that shade's going to go away, and like as the sun moves, so that <laughs> is true. get it for a little while, yeah. and then he, he's got about it, a line of whatever, however thick the trunk is. So there, it's mm-hmm. not going to be like like a, a maple tree or something, giving like a whole area of effective shade now. Mm-hmm. So that's like his alarm clock, basically the sundial. It's like okay, sure. I have to wake up because I'm hot now. 
<laughs> so yeah, as we said, he's uh, laboriously going through, making his way up there. Uh, let's see, how long does it take? Uh, not noon, but the size of the puddle of shade in which he rested said noon was close. He held on a moment longer, turning his right arm over and bringing it close to his eyes, looking for the telltale red lines of infection or some oh, poison yeah. steadily uh, seeping steadily toward the middle of him. The palm of his hand was a dull red. Not a good sign. A jerk off left-handed, he thought. At least that's something. And then the <laughs> darkness took him. <laughs> so that was the quote that always uh, pops into my mind whenever oh. I think of this first, this beginning of this book. <laughs> Roland just being like, all right, well, at least there's some good I can take out of this situation. <laughs> well, I, I, th- I think that's what Roland's doing this whole time. He's like, let's make the best of a bad situation. You know, that, exactly. that's what triage is. You know, it's like, uh, let's figure out. Okay. Well, at least I jerk off left-handed. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> as some of my shells work, um, there's some shade. I can kind yeah. of walk. I should probably sleep. <laughs> I could use one gun. So, <laughs> yeah, this is Roland looking on the bright side. <laughs> Always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side. Always on the sunny side of life. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All right. So that so brings us to uh, section three. When the gunslinger awoke again, the sea was dark, but there was faint light in the sky to the east. Morning was on its way. He sat up and waves of of dizziness almost overcame him. He bent his head and waited. When the faintness had passed, he looked at his hand. It was infected, all right. A telltale red swelling that spread up the palm into the wrist. It stopped there, but already he could see the faint beginnings of other red lines, which would lead eventually to his heart and kill him. He felt hot, feverish. I need medicine, he thought, but there's no medicine here. Oh, man. Poor Roland. Had he come this far just to die then? Oh. Yeah, the when I was reading this the the first time, I was like, "Is that a real thing where where you get like physical red lines that you can see?" So, um, so it is. Yes, I, I would. Uh, I didn't look this up, but I' pretty sure it is. It, like when you see like sepsis uh, take hold yeah. of people, you, usually you can actually see uh, the infection like uh, rising through their arms and stuff. Um, oh it, yeah, it's, it, and the the big problem. It's not. It may be from the lobstrosity's bite, or it's just the fact that he has an open wound that's yeah, infected. Exactly. You know, it's it's gangrenous or whatever. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures online. Not as bad as I I was worried about, but no, yeah, definitely. You could definitely clearly see red lines going from sources of infection to uh, inward towards the heart. But yeah, and that's the big thing he's worried about right now. He's like, I got to get moving. Like, exactly. <laughs> I need to find civilization somewhere because mm-hmm. I need medicine. <laughs> yes, he needs medicine, and he. Let's see. So Roland, not only is he triaging the things that he has to fix right now, but I feel like he's subconsciously forming a list in his head that he needs medicine, he needs shells, and he needs. Uh, just to figure out what the man in black has set him on towards. Like, what are, what, who, who are the three that he's supposed to be drawing? Mm hmm. Well, <clears throat> he said, um, well, I do want to say this one line. Go for it. Had he come this far just to die then, he would not. And if he were to die in spite of his determination, he would die on his way to the tower. How remarkable you are, gunslinger, the man in black t- 
tittered inside his head. How indomitable. How romantic in your stupid obsession. Fuck you! He croaked and drank. Not much water left, either. There was a whole sea in front of him for all the good it could do to him. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Never mind. So, the the two words he's said out loud so far are court and fuck you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he, definitely... He, He's not happy he's a, with the man in black. He's like, you... And not uh. only that, but he's go, He's getting back to that edge of delirium that he had when he was uh, getting uh, dehydrated for, on the edge of the, the desert where uh, he was thinking of the nursery rhymes that his mother would say and the rain in Spain. And so now he's back to water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, it's, so this got me thinking about uh, salt water in general. Like if you were lost, if you were lost at sea, you can't drink the salt water. It'll dehydrate you, and it's a terrible thing to yeah. do. But if you boil it, does that get it separate the, out the salt? Yeah, it separates out the salt, right? So yeah, I think you, I think what you, you could do it. is like boil it and then like somehow kind of like separated out so that the salt and the water are in two separate uh, things kind of. Yeah. Kind of a uh, distill it sort of. <laughs> yeah. Distill it. Exactly. Or some and sort just of be like, like a... this is the, the pure water on this side and this is the salt on this side. Um, mm-hmm. Need one of those like old timey, like lab equipment where there's like a spiral and whatnot. <laughs> Well, uh, desalination is a thing. Um, True. It, it, they're trying to do it in many countries, and like, it, it's very expensive is the problem. Like, the, the amount of, of money that's required to um, bring that amount of uh, heat to that amount of water, it's, it's like almost not worth it. But like, I think they're getting better. I, I should have looked this up. Hmm. Uh, desalination. I think they're doing like Dubai right now because hmm. they're very rich um true desalination plants yeah it's a thing true yeah almost i mean given that we really haven't seen any other rain thus far it doesn't really uh it it means that the only kind of sources of water that roland has more or less are just the ocean in front of him if there's any kind of rivers or things behind him or just waiting for rain, I guess. And just mm-hmm. find some sort of a waterproof object that he can collect rain in. So apparently in 2022, just last year, MIT invented a solar desalination device that's only four bucks. Oh, wow. Nice. That's pretty cool. Nice. All right. So there, there is a drop to drink, but <laughs> gun... Roland doesn't have this technology. Not for Roland, uh, no. no. (laughs) He's got to use his wits and whatever happens to be in that bag that we haven't quite uh, uh, plumbed the depths of yet. (laughs) So, Kevin, have you ever tried to buckle a belt with one hand? Uh, That's that's what uh, Gunslinger's about to try to do. Uh, he buckled on his gun belts, tied them. This is a process which took him so long that before he was done, the first faint light of dawn had brightened to the day's actual prologue and then tried to stand up. He was not convinced he could do it until it was done. Um, yeah, I, I want you to try to put a belt on with one hand or, or without right. just just try to do everything today without your index and middle finger of your right hand. Mm. 
of my <laughs> dominant hand. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a belt. Hang on. <laughs> Kevin's going to get a belt. Um, he, he's gonna give it a try. I, I have a belt on. I'm gonna give it a shot right now. All right. I've got one of those proper belts with, you know, a prong in the middle. Because I've gotten to the point where I mostly just use uh, those cloth-like belts where there's, like, two separate loops. So, all right. So I'm just... I think I can do it. Yeah, it's not that hard. But the problem is that it's gun belts is the thing. So there's Ah. more... And you've also got to imagine that you're uh, you're missing two (laughs) fingers and you're bleeding and... Whatnot. Yeah. The, and you're tired. Oh, no, he just woke up. Tobacco. How long did he sleep for? 16 hours or something? Yeah. He slept for 16 hours. Kevin, when's the last time you slept for 16 hours? That's wonderful. Oh. <laughs> not, not since I was sick. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm it's, sick it's like a hospital thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you get, yeah, you get six, the COVID, right? I do, yes. Much like my love of uh, Smashing Pumpkins and No Doubt, I got it much after it was cool. (laughs) I got it twice while it was cool, man. Yeah, I was... Whatever. (laughs) It's not not that big of a deal. It's like getting the flu. True. You seem okay okay to me. (laughs) Exactly. I'm definitely medicined up. I got some chicken soup earlier. I had uh, some... What is it? I got tea. I've got Gatorade. I've got water. I'm hopped up on all sorts of fluids, and I've got my usual cocktail of uh, allergy medicine and things because I think I'm slightly allergic to my cats. But I'm not going to get rid of the cats. But yes, there's <laughs> a lot of things going into making sure that my lungs can work. But yeah. so for the I moment, I'm S- okay. allergic to cats too, and he's like, I don't care. Oh, no. true just take take some zyrtec and uh, you can take care of it that's what i think about allergies in general it's like oh i'm allergic to this it's like we'll just deal with it like i'm probably allergic to a lot of things as long as it doesn't kill you then just deal with it you're fine exactly and some things (laughs) you just uh, avoid if you have to (laughs) um let's see holding to the joshua tree with his left hand, he scooped up the not-quite-empty mortar skin with his right arm and slung it over his shoulder. Then his purse. When he straightened, the faintness washed over him again, and he put his head down, waiting, willing. The faintness paused—sorry, the faintness passed. <laughs> I, I, that's just like a moment of—I I, I like it, because you ever just get really tired, and you're like, I just, I just need a second. I just <laughs> Okay. Yes, I, I'm good now. I'm good now. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. There's so <laughs> many times when, like, I I tend to have low blood pressure to begin with. So there are so many times when I'll stand up really quick and just I can kind of see uh, just darkness creeping around the edges of my vision. I'm just like, whoop, got to lean against something. And now I'm okay. Mm hmm. <sighs> I feel like that runs in our family. Low blood <laughs> pressure. Just... I know mom had it. Uh, it's I'm also low. weird, like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm a, every, every time I go to the uh, the doctor, or whatever, like your blood pressure is like very low. Are you like extremely calm? I'm like, mm, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> like, True. Is low also, blood do you pressure have low... bad? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I know high blood pressure is bad, so yeah. I guess we have a little bit more of sort of a 
uh, a head start on people. Uh, like, uh, we can eat a little bit more salt than most. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Like, uh, something I was talking about co- with Colleen earlier. Do you generally have a lower uh, healthy body temperature than 98.6? Yes. All the time. Yeah. Every time yeah, I, I check my, it, it's like, oh, I think I'm like feverish. And I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's like 97. Or it's like, oh. All right. Exactly. Yeah. My normal <laughs> body temperature is 97.1. And I, I like threw out two separate thermometers before I realized, no, you're, this is just a, your normal resting temperature. <laughs> And Colleen was like, oh, yeah, there, mo- most of us have have that. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. It's not just me. I'm not the only person who's uh, a robot in disguise. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're a strange <laughs> genetics experiment, the Acumen family. We really you are. Know? We really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Low blood pressure. It's like I'm usually like 98 over like. 50 or something like it's weird and it's supposed to be 120 over 80 is like normal oh man <laughs> now i gotta feel my pulse and figure out what my body what my regular thing is but the pulse but is a different case. thing anyway uh you you read kev i've, I've read some sure too much. so the fitness passed Walking with the weaving, wavering steps of a man in the last stages of ambulatory drunkenness, the gunslinger made his way back down to, into the well, the gunslinger made his way back down to the strand. He stood looking at the ocean as dark as mulberry wine, and then took the last of his jerky from his purse. He ate half, and this time both mouth and stomach accepted a little more willingly. He turned and ate the other half as he watched the sun come up over the mountains where Jake had died first seeming to catch as the cruel and treeless teeth of those peaks, then rising above them. Roland held his face to the sun, closed his eyes and smiled. He ate the rest of the jerky. He thought, very well, I am now a man with no food, with two fewer fingers and one less toe than I was born with. I am a gunslinger with shells which may not fire. I am sickening from a monster's bite and have no medicine. I have a day's water if I'm lucky. I may be able to walk perhaps a dozen miles if I press myself to the last extremity. I am, in short, a man on the edge of everything. Which way should he walk? He had come from the east. He could not walk west without the powers of a saint or savior. This left north and south. North. That was the answer his heart told. That There was no question in it. North. The gunslinger began to walk. <laughs> so that feels very much like his... Here just, we go. Yeah, exactly. Like he, <laughs> I mean, also going back to our religious references, uh, he could not walk west without the powers of a saint or savior. So mm. uh, going back to him knowing a little bit about the man Jesus, that uh, he walks on water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, all right. I, I was wondering as I read that, I was like, saint or sa- uh, walking on water. I, I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought he mean he he needed like a saint to make him a boat or something, but like he meant walking oh, on water. Oh, I, gotcha. I get it. <laughs> if only a saint could make me a boat right now, like, <laughs> Noah Just or this. something. Yeah, <laughs> well, going back to a holy carpenter, perhaps. Yeah, there you go. There you mm. go. Or, but, but yes, I think it's what you're talking about. Walking on water. He's like, I can't Precisely. go that way. There's water over there. Uh, mulberry or, wine. Or going back to Moses, where parting the sea. Mm-hmm. There are several uh, biblical ways to get across water. <laughs> <laughs> 
we figured it out. <laughs> uh, so mul- mulberry wine, it's like when, when you see the ocean at sunrise, it actually looks really dark. You know, really? it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, I've never gone to the ocean <laughs> at sunrise. I've definitely done never? sunset. And I've, I am shocked. Uh, you never wake up early I'm enough. I'm not an early riser. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going there with dad a bunch of times and uh, other friends, like, just waking up for the sunrise. I think the coolest sunrise I ever saw was at Cadillac Mountain in, um, um, what's it called? Uh, Nicholas, uh, Acadia National Park in Maine. Yeah. Mm, so nice. it's it's the first place you could see the sunrise um, uh, on the North America, really. Well, hmm. c- continental U.S. Uh, New Finland might be able to see it first, but um, it's really cool. And, and it's also like the finishing point of the Appalachian Trail. So, oh, really? You meet, nice. You meet a lot of interesting folks there who have been walking for a long time. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. But, interesting. Yeah, yeah. The the ocean, and that was the Atlantic Ocean, not the Pacific, which I think he's talking about right here. Um, but anyway. It's very dark. Very dark, yes. And just uh, just that image of him watching the sunrise over those mountains where Jake died and the the sun like starting to catch a little bit and then uh, surpassing it uh, as it goes over the treeless teeth of those peaks. And I just love that uh, alliteration too. Treeless yeah. teeth. Treeless teeth. Treeless teeth. Say that ten times fast. That's a tough one. Treeless teeth. Treeless teeth. Treeless teeth. Anyway, going back though, um, he still remorses over poor Jake. It's like yes, where indeed. Jake yeah. had died. Like as he's soon not, as he looks back, he yeah he immediately thinks of Jake. Yeah, that that was the next part of his triage. Like exactly, just right? get it's a like, moment to mourn. Yeah. Okay, now that I've figured this out. Now I can think about this. Oh, right. I'm still upset about Jake. <laughs> and the guns. So, so why do you think he chose North? It feels like just not only his sense of I am, I am the source of good, and uh, I need to follow that which is uh, correct and whatnot, because. It's one of those things where North feels like good and South feels like evil for some reason that uh, might be Eurocentric, who knows, but uh, (laughs) uh, just sort of like up is good and down is bad. And it's one of those like false dichotomies that appears in your mind, I would say, that like you you personify uh, uh, um, directional uh, things in, in some ways that... Like you'd like say even like the the wicked witch of the west, whereas the good witch of the north. So it's that kind of thing. So it okay. it feels like just one of those sort of like snap decisions that occurs to him. So therefore, he immediately feels like, well, whatever the first thing I thought has to be the correct thing. So I'm just going to go with that. And well, that's what he said. That was the answer. His heart told. There was no question. Yeah. North. Um, so. I'm going to bring it back to Tolkien again. Go for it. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of directional uh, things that are talked about in uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and Cimmerillion and everything. Um, and pretty much always the East is bad. <laughs> hmm. Everything about the East is where like Mordor is and everything. And like the West, 
goes over the sea to Valinor, to where like the elves like started and everything. And um, the north is cold and the south is hot. So like, but I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going with this, but uh, I think he's been dealing with the desert for so long that he's like. Perhaps if I go away from the equator, things will get cooler. <laughs> smart, smart. That's what I was thinking. I yep. was like, why would I choose north, you know? <laughs> I almost thought of it more of like a magnetic sort of uh, sensibility. Like, okay. uh, I have to follow true north because north is true. Therefore, it's my my quest of uh, truth and nobility and that kind of thing. I, I was going more of a, a knight kind of uh, sen- uh, sensibility. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, as yeah. always, uh, as always, I'm the romantic. You're the scientist. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about like the Polaris and stuff, and the North Star. Yeah. I'm like, well, he could follow that. And, but if you're on a coast, you just you just go along it and keep the coast on your left, and you're going north. So exactly, it's an easy direction to follow. Yeah, yeah. As long as the coast doesn't turn, yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see. We will oh, see. oh man! So I guess that yeah. brings us up to the end of our uh, section that we're going to read. Uh, yes, indeed. Dreamland of the Three is going to be a, a, a shorter set of uh, episodes than the Gunslinger nice. was. So uh, I, I hopefully, love it. yeah, uh, hopefully that's a, it's an easier easier listen than uh, our two hour episodes of old. So yeah, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no, also happy no with worries. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's easier to uh, record it. Also, that's um, for sure. So do you think we can go to the end of this uh, chapter? Uh, I think to- we can. Yeah, we've only got another yeah, yeah. three sections to go. Uh, yeah, four, it's, five, it's and six. Four, four pages in my book. So, sure, correct. I've got the so bigger- we'll go. Oh, oh! I wanted to say something. Ooh, go for it. Uh, it well, just going back to our old um, thing of uh, uh, noticing differences. Uh, what did mm. you read that, that I thought was? Different. Oh, where to go? Where to go? La 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 la. It's somewhere around here. Oh, here we go. Um, when he said he thought very well, I am now a man with no food, with two less fingers. Did oh. you say two f- fewer fingers? I do have two fewer fingers. Oh, so okay. there are some differences. <laughs> there are Ooh. some minor differences that we, we might I'm gonna, notice. I'm going to from... bl- pop on a blue highlighter right there and just call yeah, that, that our that's first blue, blue change we've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> our old buddy blue. Hey, blue change. Yeah, blue two change. less, two fewer. It's the same thing. But I, I was like, oh, I forgot about that. I wanted to mention that. True, yeah. That, that is Stephen King going back with his uh, grammar pen and uh, correcting that. Because I think fewer is correct in that situation. Too fewer, I think too less. Less, Im- less implies quality, whereas fewer implies quantity. Kevin, when is your book uh, copyrighted? Uh, let's see. Going back Ooh. to table of contents. I am surprised by this. Okay. Oh, no, I'm not. Because you said it was the year after your birth, right? So mine is 1987. 1987 also. Huh. I guess just from from copy to copy, they changed some things? Well, this is... uh, I'm reading off of the Kindle version, which was published in 2003. So at the moment, yes, I'm reading off of the the modern version, I guess you could say. 
All right, so I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for other changes like that. But up until now, it's pretty much been exactly the same. That That's yeah. the only thing I noticed different was less and fewer. Exactly. <laughs> so now I'm going to be reading both versions back to back, side by side again. Because I've been, uh, yeah, I've been going through and just uh, just assuming that both of them will be the same. But now I got to uh let go of that assumption so going back to my side by side uh looking at both versions at the same time <laughs> oh, i'm sorry to give you more work but i'm hey, going to do the same thing also i never mind it. I, <laughs> so the dm for my our dungeons and dragons games uh, as to you know steph Wotecki, uh oh, the, yeah. the refrain that he always tells me is kevin you really don't have to do that uh because i am always <laughs> the guy who's going to be going through and being like no wait i need to track every single item that anybody is has gotten thus far and I need to track who has been making all of these death saves and who has been killing the most people and whatnot. I, I am a man who loves data. So, uh, and I, going I think back to... Kevin, Kevin, you are the gunslinger. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, also, I'm more of a Jake. I'm more of a Jake. You're more of a Roland, I think. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to our first campaign, actually, he was like, oh, so if you guys want to start taking some notes to help me out, then that would be great. Uh, I'll give you like inspiration or bottle caps or whatever you want to call it. And so I was like, oh, okay. So the first time after we did that, I wrote up an exact line, word for word transcription of the entire thing. And he was like, Kevin, please, you don't have to do that. That's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, I love you, brother, because like I, I do the same things all the time. Like I, I went through star Wars so painstakingly, like Ooh. looking at like, and I still do it all the time, you know, like, and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. And like, I want to like know all the details and that's why I love mm. doing this with you, you know? <laughs> exactly. We love getting enmeshed in these worlds that, uh, get built with so much detail. Like the, the ones that you just said, like all, mm. all of those have so much world building involved in all of them that it's, uh, it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so right. like I was saying, the you don't have to is just hey hey don't don't rob me of a good time. This is the this is what I love doing. <laughs> you don't have to no, but I want to. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to make two hundred like, NPCs no, but I, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I once um, someone told me that a Google G O O G E L is uh, one G-O-L. with a hundred. Uh, oh, I spelled it wrong. G O O G O L. Anyway, but yeah, uh, uh, Google is uh, one with a hundred zeros after it. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, I wrote that out. I think it was like mm. second grade when I found. I was like one, was like zero 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 zero. zero. <laughs> Not <laughs> and Google uh, Plex is a, a what is it? A one with a Google of Google's after it. Oh, is it, is that right? One of the Googleplex. So. That's a Back to yeah. the Future reference right there. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, so math. it's 10 to the 10th to the 100th power is what a Googleplex is. Okay, 10 to the 10th to the 100th. Okay, scientific notation is fun. 10 to the 10th would be... Yeah. Anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot of zeros. Yes, All indeed. Right, well... You can write out as many zeros as you want on our Facebook page. Hey, it's called Chapter Brothers. Uh, (laughs) Or um, you can check us out on, um, you know, Spotify and iTunes. No, no, it's called Apple Music now, right? 
Um, yes. Neither of us are really Apple peoples, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're here reading physical books over here. You can't expect us to know what every app is called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to talk to my brother. That's, that's all exactly. I care about. Exactly. <laughs> we're just having a good time. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, you can check us out. And uh, yeah, it's called Chapter Brothers. We're having a good time. Uh, but until then, uh, so we're going to read up to the end of the... End of chapter the one. Pr- the end of chapter one. So where I see Eddie Dean, I'm going to stop. Correct. That, that's what I saw in my book. And I don't know who that is, but we'll find out in a little while. We'll find out. But until then, Kevin, uh, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> I love you, too. See you. See you.